You know, uh, just so thankful. Uh, got another grandbaby uh, this week, and uh, so yeah, I can't change. And so, uh, you know, it was funny. Um, I, I can't believe not. You know, Novell's going to have another one. So that's going to be like five, and I'm like, "Are you talking about me?" I don't. I don't. It's like kind of surreal. I just think that I'm going to have five grandkids. But anyway, so everything went good, and just so thankful. But uh, <clears throat> you know, I I'm really uncomfortable with like little newborns. You know, I'm not good till they get to. I call it the bribe stage. You know, till they get about two, and then you know you can just bribe them with you know cookies or candy or anything. And I'm good. I'm good with that. You know, and. Alexis and I go around and around about that. And so Novella wanted to be at the hospital with her sister, and the time frame was overlapping. And so she goes, Dad, and I've not watched the kids this long. She goes, Dad, I need you to come over and watch Duke and, and Wade uh, for about three hours. So tell me a song. Now, three hours is like three days for me, okay? I mean, I'm not kidding. It's just like... I'm like, what? <laughs> so I know I have to do this, you know. I, I have to step up because it just and as soon as Tommy gets home, then that's fine, everything. But oh, so anyways, you know, uh, Duke is kind of sleeping, wades up, and it's, it's the, the first, like, 45 minutes is going pretty good, you know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I hear Duke, and he's up, you know, so... All I'm hoping is, please don't go to the bathroom. Why, nobody? Why, why? Just hold on till your dad gets home, please. I've done this, but it's been years, you know. So I've always got a story. So you know, we're in the kitchen, and there's there's Wade. He's sitting at the kitchen table, and he's being good, you know, and there's little Duke, and he's just he's just getting into everything, you know, and the dogs are running around and. You know, I'm not doing anything except watching. And, uh, and so, so, next thing I know, I see Wade holding his nose. And he goes, Papa D, Papa D, he's pointing at Duke. I know Duke, I, you know, I know he went to the bathroom, I know he went to the bathroom. And I said, I saw so I go over to Duke, you know, you know, I, I, you know whatever. I said, no, I can tell. I said he, he didn't go to the bathroom. Papa D, I know. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. He went to the bathroom, and he's holding his nose like this, you know. And so this is how the day went. So I, he hadn't gone to the bathroom, but it did smell. It was bad. So what was going on? I turned around and right behind Wade, the dog, had gone to the bathroom in the kitchen. So I, I look at Wade and I go, yeah, mm-hmm, right there. And he just kind of flies out of the kitchen, you know. And uh, that's how it went. And I, that was about halfway through. So um, anyways, I made it. And, you know, thankfully, uh, man, I, I'm just not, not good at that. It, uh, man, I'm, I'm having all kinds of problems, Jimmy. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so I got through it. The good Lord, everything was good. Should I go back to this one? Go back to this one? All right, let me go back to this. All right. Anyway, so I'm just so thankful everything's good. And, um, you know, I'm going to bring a series of messages of the next 
few weeks on, on Christmas. I'm going to start next week with Joseph. We don't, I think, talk about Joseph enough, Joseph and Mary, but about Joseph. Now we're going to look at some different messages going into this time of year. But there's a message that I, I just wanted to bring today. It's been on my, it just goes back and forth. I thought, you know what, there's a little break here and I wanted to bring this message. In this message today that uh, I want us to all to realize that we need to let go of it. Let go of it. And you say, what is that, Dallas? And a lot of you are thinking that it has to do with maybe unforgiveness, maybe bitterness, and I brought messages on it. That's not what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at that where the devil gets a hold of us, and that's that guilt. Guilt that from our past and it doesn't matter how old we are or what we've done. There's things we wish we could have changed or done different. And the devil gets at us with that guilt. And he just plows into our mind and he doesn't stop. That's what we're going to look at today. Let's pray. Father, we uh, are so grateful that every answer that we need is in your word. And Lord, if it's or if we can't find it, we know in time you will point it out to us. You'll give us your mercy and your grace. And we will begin to understand even more in a greater way that we've been forgiven. So, Lord, I don't know what's on the hearts of people today, but I know this. I know all of us have those strands of guilt that we have deep down inside of us. And if we don't give it to you, the devil is just going to keep bringing it up and up and up. So, Lord, help us today to learn from a family in the Bible that had to deal with this and how they dealt with it in the example it is for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm always careful, maybe more so than maybe 30 years ago. So I want to give you a little background of this story. I never want to take for granted a story in the Bible. Say, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, like Joseph, right? You know, Joseph in, you know, in the Bible, and he goes to Egypt and, you know, Potiphar, and then, you know, he, he, he gets thrown into slavery because of his brothers and all that. And, you know, maybe half of the congregation doesn't know they weren't brought up in church. There's nothing wrong or right about it. I just need to bring it out. So let me give you a little background to, to where we come up to this place in the story. Let's go way back years ago in Joseph's life that he was a young boy living with his fathers and his brothers in a different land. And what happens is he has this dream. And he goes to his brothers and he says, man, I had this incredible dream. <clears throat> and they're already jealous of him because he's dad's favorite and shouldn't be that way, but it was. And his father made him this coat of many colors and he walked around with it all the time. And so he goes to his brother and he says, man, I had this dream and this dream, you know, and he gives him two different examples. And both those examples are that he's, that he's before them but they're having to bow down to him. That took them over the edge. They said, well, you got to be kidding me. You think you know, you think that we're going to bow to you? And they couldn't, got to the place they couldn't stand him. Well, what happened was they were out in the field one day and they decided 
They're, they were so, jealousy got so bad, they decided they were going to kill him. One of the brothers said, man, we can't do that. And so they said, hey, let's, let's get a wild animal. Let's kill the wild animal, but we'll say the blood of this animal is on Joseph's coat. That Joseph actually is the one that got killed by this wild animal. We'll take the coat with the animal's blood all over, take it to our dad and say, hey, he was killed by a wild beast. At the same time, there was a caravan going to Egypt. They said, hey, that's what we'll do. We'll sell him off. We'll never have to see him again. That's what they did. Years go by. Years go by, and there's a great famine in the land. To bring the story up to date, we all know that he was in prison for years. Because of Potiphar's wife, he didn't touch her. He didn't do anything, but he was accused of, of, of hurting her physically. And Potiphar, I knew, as you read the story, if you go back and read it, Potiphar knew that he didn't touch her because if he would have, he would have killed him. So, he said, okay, I've got to appease my wife. What am I going to do? I'm going to throw him in jail, and we'll just forget about it. And that's what he did. So he's in jail for, for years. Between the time that he leaves and he's in, he's in slavery to the time he's in Egypt, it's like 13, 14 years that he's actually in slavery or in jail. And then <clears throat> Pharaoh has a dream. And he goes to all those that are the magicians of the day, and he gives them an impossible task. He says, I had a dream. Now, I not only want you to interpret the dream, I want you to tell me what the dream is. And they're like, it's impossible. We can't do that. Make a long story short, one of the guys that worked for, the king, or for Pharaoh remembered Joseph, and he said, you know, there's this guy in prison. He has this special way that he's able to go about and interpret dreams or whatever. He says, he says, bring him to me. So in a matter of years, he goes from being in prison and overnight, he's second in command because he's able to not only tell Pharaoh what the dream is, but he interprets it. And he says, there will be great famine in the land and this is what's going to happen and this is how you need to prepare for it. Here's what happened. That's exactly what happened. So, they came down. They realized they were starving to death. So, where do they have to go? They have to go from where they live down to Egypt. They have long forgotten about their brother. They go to Egypt. They don't even, it didn't even matter. They don't even recognize him. I don't know if you know this or not, but Egyptians didn't like, they, there was something they felt that was occultic about hair. So most Egyptian men, they were shaved everything. So they probably didn't even recognize uh, Joseph anyways because he was probably looked like an Egyptian after all those years and he was second in command. So he probably had to play the part anyways. So here he is, second in command, a wealthy man now overnight. And I want you to get this. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the story, but I want you to get where you're at today. Do you know you might be going through something, and it might be, it might have been, it might be years that you've been going through something. I want you to know that, that God is so amazing that overnight, he can change your circumstance. Will you trust him? Will you believe that he can do that? Because he can Joseph is an example. You know, every, every story in the Bible is an example for all of us. It's for us today. So here's what happens. They go down, 
they don't recognize their brother. And as they're down there, we pick the story up that he knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. So he has this plot that he puts a bunch of silverware that belongs to him, and they take back off to the land with food, but he's put it in like they've stolen things out from the king's palace. But he did that on purpose. Anyways, so the story goes, they have to go back. And they said, he says, I tell you what, you bring me your little brother. And then they knew that was over the top because they've already lost one. Their dad couldn't go through losing Benjamin. But here's what happened. They go back down. And as they go back down, they realize what is happening. They realize that something's going on, but they can't quite put their finger on it. Joseph then reveals himself to his brothers. Can you imagine the guilt that they must have been carrying around with them all those years? And he's right there in front of them. Joseph immediately forgave them. I know it's hard for you and for me, and there's people in our life and we don't, they don't need to be maybe forgiven, if I can say it in that way, humanly. But we have to, the way Christ has forgiven us. So he forgave them. But the problem is they're still dealing with guilt. That's, that's many of us today. You know, we can even go back and once we accept Christ as our Savior and we think of all the crazy stuff that we used to do and the devil brings it up and can make us feel guilty all the time from whatever it is. I want you to know today, that's exactly what he did to Joseph's brother. The devil did, even though he was forgiven. They were forgiven. Well, as we pick the story up, they're carrying this guilt around with them. And I want you to know today, if that's you, I want you to know the devil's greatest tool in your life. He's an accuser of the brethren. We're going to bring this all together in a little bit. But here's what happened. He goes before his brother. It, it, Joseph forgives him the whole thing. And break long story short, they're there, and they get before him. And here's what happened. They go to get their father, and they bring their father down, and the rest of their father's life was incredible. They're living in this land, but they have this, if you will, weight around them. They can't get rid of it. Let me give you an example. If you either played basketball or ran track, uh, if you can hear me, are you hearing me okay? Is this okay? Can you still hear me? I feel like I'm coming out. Are you all right? Can you hear me? Okay. All right. If you ran track or you played basketball, I'm going back like 40 years now. Uh, I don't know if you even remember this or not, or if you even knew what it was, but I'll give you the name, but it really, the two different names for it. They were called spats. I don't know if you even remember what those are, but they're ankle weights, okay? There you go. So you know what they are. Well, there's this leather encasing that you would put around your ankles, and each little, it looked like a pencil. It was a weight, and they weighed about a half a pound each. And you would wear those, and if you wear those when you worked out, you would run track faster, or you could jump higher on the basketball court, okay? Ankle weights. Now, here's what they found about 
those weights. I thought it was great at the time. But as technology went on, they realized there was a problem. What the ankle weights were really doing is they were tearing the ligaments down in the ankle. They weren't building it up. And so they have since then learned a whole different way to gain strength in your legs and a whole different thing with basketball and track. But uh, I, can remember, I can remember getting my brothers and running over at the golf course back and forth of those on. It's crazy to think that you would think that that would work, but all the while it was tearing you down. Do you see what guilt does? Do you see what, what the devil does with that guilt? It churns. It does no good at all. It just continues to tear you down. You can't be productive. It's in there everywhere you turn. And that's exactly what was going on with Joseph's brothers. The difference is that we're going to look at it in a minute is who we are in Christ Jesus. But what happened with his brothers, and let's pick up the story in Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 and verses 15 through 17. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Why did he weep? He wept because he thought, they knew better who he was, who his character was. I want you to know sometimes we forget the character of Jesus. He is all forgiving. And no matter what you feel guilty about, no matter what has happened in your past, there's a great scripture in the book of Psalm. It says, as far as the east is from the West. He has, he has forgiven your transgression. In other words, it's so far apart and it's so long gone, he'll never remember it anymore. The problem is we bring it up. We bring it up. There's something that, Lord, this is happening in my life because there's something must have I have done. And Lord, I don't know what it is, but I wouldn't be going through this. I know I'm, 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 it's because of what I used to do. I know this is happening that way. I want you to know that's not true. I want you to know whatever you're feeling guilty from, that is of the devil. Because Joseph is a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. And what he's telling you and what he's telling me, that you and I have been forgiven. You know, some people, uh, they look at past relationships. Some people look at, you know, if I just had it to do over, you know, my kids are adults now and I, ah, I blew it. I should have done it different. I wasn't really a Christian then, and now I am a Christian, and I, 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 I can't believe what I did when I raised them. I want you to know, don't you think Jesus can work through that? Maybe you've been through a divorce and the same thing. You know, you can say to yourself, oh, if I'd have done this different or that, and you're carrying that guilt around. Maybe that person is not even here anymore. How many people carry that guilt around of their 
parents or whatever it might be, wishing things would have been different. It's a guilt that continues so much in people's lives. But Joseph wept because he thought, don't you know me better than this? Don't you know who Jesus is in your life and in my life? That he's willing to forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's look at another verse. Verse, verses uh, 18. Then his brothers also went and fell, listen now, and fell down before his face and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Do you remember the dream? The dream was that one day that they would bow before him. Don't you believe that the Bible is true and real? Everything in there that God says will happen or has happened. That's prophetic when it was in the middle of Genesis, and now it came true at the end of Genesis. I want you to believe whatever the Lord is telling you in your life, if you're willing to trust him, it's going to happen. It's going to become reality, and he's going to work in your life. Don't let the devil beat you down from your past. You won't get anywhere. The prophecy came true, and it continues. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. That's what he said. Hey, am I God? Am I in the place of God? That, that's what we need to see today. Let's flip it. Maybe you're Joseph. Maybe you're not the brothers. Maybe you have every right to be angry and come at somebody at your family that has hurt you. But Joseph said, do I have the right? I'm not God. I mean, I, I need the Lord's direction just as much as you do. And he continues and he says, a quoted verse so much in the Bible, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about. That is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Do you know for probably, I figured it up, probably, probably for 20 years, they carried that guilt around. 20 years wondering. What happened to Joseph? I can't believe that we did that. What did we do? And then all the while that they're down there with their father, at any point in time that they know that their dad is going to die, Joseph's going to kill them all. And they live with that for years in Egypt. See, that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your joy today. I want you to know whatever it is the devil kind of brings up in your life and in my life, I want you to know. Wash the guilt away. Jesus has forgiven you. What are you doing pastoring? You can't pastor. You're divorced. What are you doing? You can't get up there and talk. Well, you're a hypocrite. It's me. You see? 
I'm right there with you. Devil does it to me just as much as he does it to you. But I want you to know today that we are victorious and we'll close with just another verse or two. One of the greatest chapters in the Bible is Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is there now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Huh. Why is that? Why is that? It's because we go back and we always see Jesus in the cross. And then we see his resurrection. And we know through his shed perfect blood on the cross of Calvary, we have been forgiven. And we are in his line. We are in line with him. He has forgiven us through his shed blood. You are now in Christ Jesus. And when you are in with him, there is no condemnation. You and I can live in victory every day. He wants you to know that. Let's look at this last verse and we'll close. In Philippians chapter 1, let's kind of reset our life after this message today and see and now have confidence and now know that whatever it is that you want to do for Jesus, he wants you to do. He has a plan for your life. He wants to use you. And this whole time, the devil's brought up whatever he can to stop you. But Jesus says this, now that you're in Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he, meaning Jesus, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? If you let him. He's going to put in your path exactly the way that you want to go. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll let you do the things you've always wanted to do. And he'll be right in the middle of them. And there'll be no condemnation. And if you really believe that today, you will see him begin to work in your life. I wrote down a name of a buddy of mine that I'm very close with, so I was preparing for this message tonight, today. Because I've tried to get a hold of him. He's in ministry. I can't get a hold of him. Did some very bad things. Went against his family. He did some awful, awful things. But if he's willing to know that Jesus has forgiven him. Of all the years he would preach that, live it, thousands of people saved under his ministry, God can still use him. I love the verse, and I close with this in Romans. God's gifts and his calling is irrevocable in our life. In other words, he has called you to do something that only you can do, and it's right there in front of you. Yeah, you might be beat up. You might have some things you messed up and did, and that, that's right. 
but know that, Lord, I'm going to start over. I'm going to see you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to watch you make it happen. And I'm not going to try and figure it out. So whatever it is that you're guilty about today, could have done this, could have tried harder, could have done this relationship different or said this different or raised my kids different or tried harder at this marriage or done this or done that or done, forget it, it's over. You've been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's got a future and he's got a hope for all of us here today. Take a deep breath. Don't look at the things that you see, the things that you've been through. Just know that he loves you as Joseph loved his brothers. And it says he comforted them and loved their little ones. God wants to do great things in your life. Forget the past. Let him do it. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. What is it maybe in your life? You can't change the past, but you can trust Jesus for the future. See, the devil always wants us to look at what we can't change because he doesn't want you to have hope. But I want you to know with Jesus, all things are possible. As the angel told Mary this time of year as we go into Christmas time, with God, nothing is impossible. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. And you have forgiven us. And you've got a plan. And yes, we might have to start all over. But you're going to love us. You're going to give us hope. You're going to comfort us and our little ones and our families. And you're going to be right there in the middle of us. And you're going to direct our path. And Lord, whatever the devil tries to throw at us, let us know without a doubt that we see you in your precious blood on the cross of Calvary. And our sins have been covered, forgiven once and for all. So, Lord, may we live in victory today. May we know that we have been forgiven. And, Lord, you've got this incredible plan for our life. Lord, if there's someone here today or watching on YouTube that wants to pray, may they just pray, Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. I believe you died on the cross. You are God's son, and you shed your blood on that cross for me, your perfect blood. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins, Jesus. Father, if there's someone even in this place today that wants to come forward, take a step of faith and pray that prayer, we ask you right now, as Ben leads us, if there's one here today, may they not leave this place 
without joy, without knowing that they have been forgiven. And Father, we give you all the praise today in Jesus' name.